Hey, it's Drex from This Week Health Cyber and Risk Community, and I want to invite you to our next webinar. It's going to focus on what else? Defending health data. I'll be chatting with experts from Rubrik and Microsoft. Register right now at thisweekhealth.com slash rubric webinar. That's all one string, R-U-B-R-I-K webinar, thisweekhealth.com slash rubric webinar. See you online soon. Today in health IT, from Dr. Google to Dr. ChatGPT. Has anything changed? Let's talk about it. My name is Bill Russell. I'm a former CIO for a 16 hospital system and creator of This Week Health, a set of channels dedicated to keeping health IT staff current and engaged. We want to thank our show sponsors who are investing in developing the next generation of health leaders, SureTest and Artisite, two great companies bringing automation and intelligence to the healthcare system. Check them out at thisweekhealth.com slash today. We are taking a pause. We are in May. We don't actually have a drive for our Alex's Lemonade Stand partnership for this month. This is our, our push to support cures for childhood cancer. And we've had such a sprint so far early this year, up over $34,000 raised. And we intend to hit our goal of $50,000 for the year. And quite frankly, with all the things that were going on, all the conferences and whatnot, we didn't get a chance to plan what we were going to do for May. So we'll come back to you in June and tell you what we're doing in terms of one of our drives. But for right now, we we want to thank you. There's an opportunity for you to give directly. Go ahead, hit our website, thisweekhealth.com. Click on the banner on the top. You'll see the Alex's Lemonade Stand logo. If you click on that, you can give directly to the cause I want to thank everybody who has given to date, and we thank you for the generosity of you and our community. All right, today, I was reading this article, and I thought, this is really interesting to me. And actually, I'm only going to give you the end of the article. <laughs> What's it called? Will generative AI wreck or rekindle the doctor-patient relationship? This is an important topic. And when people look at, when they do surveys and they look at how are we doing, they'll say, who do they trust in healthcare? And nurses usually come out on top, physicians are second, and then you have you know some other medical personnel are third on that list. But then you contrast that with where the health system comes. And the health system has like a 44% rating while the nurses have a 71% rating. And you, you read that and you go, oh man, this, this, there's a disconnect there. Well, you know, humans place confidence in people. And now I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read some of the article here as we get into it. As humans, we place our confidence in people, not systems. Unfortunately, the data contradicts our trust in medical professionals. Nearly one in four hospitalized patients experience a medical error and tens of thousands die unnecessarily each year. By the way, this is a doctor who wrote this. Robert Pearl, MD, is the contributor. It's on Forbes, if you're looking for it. So a medical error and tens of thousands die unnecessarily each year as a result. Similarly, emissions in prevention and suboptimal treatment of chronic disease results in hundreds of thousands of avoidable heart attacks, strokes, and cancer deaths in the U.S. each year. Despite objective evidence that clinicians are far from perfect, we tolerate human generated medical errors in the same way we accept human generated traffic deaths. We assume our own doctors wouldn't commit the same errors as others, and we do so without any supporting data or evidence. But we fear that the introduction of generative AI will harm us. Okay. 
Getting over these fears will take both a shift in thinking and time, but the future of medicine will be much brighter. Here's what we have to look forward to. And he has four points here. And I'm going to hit these real quick. Number one, patching the cracks in the doctor-patient relationship. Actually, as I scroll down here, it's three. Three items. So number one, patching the cracks in the doctor-patient relationship. Whereas doctors of the past were well-known and widely respected members of their close-knit communities, the relationship between physician and patients today is intermittent and far less personal. That's problematic given the medical problems patients face today. More than 60% of adults live with chronic diseases which impact their health daily, and more than ever, patients would benefit from continuous monitoring and faster medical intervention. Introduce technology here. But because of the overwhelming demands placed on the doctors, patient care is discontinuous with return visits scheduled every four to six months. Generative AI offers the solution. ChatGPT will be able to serve as a medical assistant, not in the physician's office, but in the patient's home, helping, the, helping to make care more continuous. AI technologies combined with home monitoring devices will provide daily oversight, alerting patients and doctors when readings fall outside of the clinical plan. AI will help patients get more care they need quickly and conveniently. By the way, he's talking about ChatGPT. I'm not sure about that overall, but I will say this, technology. Technology fills this gap. And it's, we don't have enough touch points. We don't interact with the patient enough. It's, he says six months, sounds a little long, but you know, if somebody had a chronic condition, we're seeing them more than every six months. But regardless, patients in general, will only see their primary care doctor a handful of times this year. How do we get more touch points? How do we get a more con continuous feedback loop to people with regard to your health? And that is where technology plays. And those are the technologies we're looking at, getting more devices in the home, getting some of those passive measurements, some of the active measurements, getting that data to a physician. Now, the problem is the physicians are too busy. So we're not going to staff up a call center with thousands of physicians looking at data as it comes in. We're going to have to insert technology here that can look at those readings and provide some feedback and create generate the appropriate alerts. All right. So that's one of the things we have. There, there's too much time in between visits, not enough touch points, not enough data going back and forth, not enough interactions. That's where technology comes in. Number two, more consistent diagnosis and treatments. Studies indicate that there are huge gaps between the quality of care patients require and the care they most often get in the United States. I, I will say this for a doctor, this, this is a fairly cynical view, but I'll just keep going. As an example, half of the US adults live with high blood pressure, also known as hypertension, which puts them at heightened risk for heart attack and stroke. For the overwhelming majority of these patients, the problem can be successfully controlled through affordable, available medications. And yet nationwide, only 60% of patients with hypertension have their blood pressure appropriately controlled. Compare that with the same healthcare groups where more than 80% of the patients have their elevated blood controlled. The difference, successful health groups incorporate advanced IT systems and use evidence-based approaches to improve screening, monitoring, and medical treatment. So rather than fearing the future of generative AI, Americans look forward to fewer strokes, heart attacks, and failed kidneys. He went from very cynical. Well, actually, the challenge with this article is he's very cynical towards the way we currently practice medicine. And there is evidence to back that up. And clearly he has some of it. On the flip side, he's very bullish on technology, probably more so than what the current models 
and studies and evidence would indicate that we are comfortable with just yet. And I do agree that this represents a great move forward for patients, but I also would have to look at this and be a little, I would actually pull the brakes a little bit and I am bullish on technology in this space. Anyway, he goes on already tools like glass AI 2.0 are helping doctors create differential diagnosis and clinical plans in seconds, increasing the time they can spend with patients. Moreover, as AI technology becomes more adept at voice enabled documentation, it will further free up clinicians so that they can spend a majority of their time focusing on the patient rather than the computer in front of them. Finally, when your physician is uncertain about a diagnosis or treatment, ChatGPT will be a reliable and rapid source of medical expertise. Medical knowledge doubles every 73 days, such that no doctor can keep up with the pace of change. And I agree, this is one of the spaces where generative AI is going to be there. Now, as a doctor, would I put my trust in ChatGPT as my medical assistant at this point? I don't know. I But I, I'd test it. I'd see you know, given some of the things I'm looking at, but I'd also check with the IT department to make sure I'm not giving away information that I shouldn't. There are now agreements coming out with Azure and access to ChatGPT in Azure and kind of exciting. They're creating little sandboxes for you to educate it, to take Azure, to take ChatGPT, if you will, to medical school. And I think it's going to learn fairly rapidly, fairly quickly. And it's going to be able to piece these things together. It's going to be able to read the medical journals. Now, it's important to note that ChatGPT doesn't read. It just looks at these patterns. I think people think that when we give it a document, it reads the document. And I've seen some really interesting use cases for this, where you give it a document, then you can really query the document for things, really complex documents. You can give it like an insurance policy on a commercial building. And then you can ask it questions like, is this, does this? you know, those kinds of things. Well, you know, what's my coverage, so forth and so on. It's very interesting. Anyway, so there's an opportunity here. Let me get to uh, individualized care with more ethical considerations. This is third point. When it comes to helping people make end-of-life choices and decide whether to undergo risky procedures, physicians frequently do a poor job guiding them. Many clinicians aren't comfortable discussing palliative care or acknowledging the futility of additional treatment. For them, telling the patient there's nothing they can do feels like a failure. Research shows that patients want the truth and nothing but the truth. I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's completely true. I, I think there's there's definitely a, a percentage of the population that wants the truth and nothing but the truth about their illness and prognosis. And then there's a, a group that's, you know, wants to exhaust all options. So again, a little black and white here. And studies show people actually live longer when they elect palliative care rather than futile end-of-life treatments. Generative AI won't replace a physician in counseling patients through painful decisions. Let's hope not. But it will help them to consider a broader range of possibilities, expand their analytic frameworks. I wouldn't mind in that case if generative AI came up with the, hey, I'm speaking to a patient that has these conditions this afternoon. What are some of the things that you want to make sure that I hit? And it gives me those things, but man, I, I wouldn't want it having the conversation, I think is going over, jumping the shark a little bit. In a frequent case, this is diffusing the existential threat. In a frequently cited case, AI researchers and other experts were asked, what probability do you put on human inability to control future advances in AI? 
and having it cause human extinction, the median answer was 10%. Disruptive technologies are always met with grave concern and ChatGPT is no exception. Generative AI will impact the doctor-patient relationship and replace humans for many tasks, but it will also give doctors more time with the patients and as a result, reduce physician burnout and increase patient satisfaction. And future generations of ChatGPT will improve quality outcomes, make healthcare access more convenient for patients and lower medical costs. Yes, this technology has created risk, but it's also made the promise of better health exponentially greater for everyone. And that last paragraph is the reason I did this whole article because I agree with that that last paragraph. I believe that there's a lot of potential here. It's going to be realized over the next couple of years. We have to proceed with caution, but I would still proceed with haste because I think this is ushering in the future of healthcare. All right, that's all for today. If you know someone that might benefit from our channel, please forward them a note. They can subscribe on our website, thisweekhealth.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Go there, listen there. We want to thank our channel sponsors who are investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders, SureTest and Artisite. Check them out at thisweekhealth.com slash today. Thanks for listening. That's all for now.